We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. I want to talk to you today. Uh, you know, God, God has a sense of humor. Uh, I study throughout the week like all pastors and put together sermons and what God leads me and where I feel God wants to take me. And so I've got about an hour drive that I have to, to, to church from my house every Sunday. And so this morning, as I'm on my way, God says, this is what I want you to, to preach today. And it's not the sermon that I prepared this week. And so, you know, I think sometimes God has a sense of humor because he wants to see how pastors just going to react. And so I, I just want to say, uh, I know God's word is anointed. And so we just want God to anoint us to speak his word, to speak it in truth. And we want your heart to be anointed. The, the people of God are anointed. Understand this. Anointing is not a special thing that you get at some special time. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you're anointed. And so you as the people of God are anointed today, but I'm asking God to anoint your heart and ears to hear what he has to say today because uh, as I wrote this down when I got here this morning, I wrote it down quickly. So I'm asking for God's anointing to be able for me to be able to read what I wrote down. That's the anointing I'm asking for this morning. Uh, turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to the very first book of Job. You thought I was going to say Genesis, didn't you? Job is is uh, understood to be the oldest book in the Bible. It's not the first one in, in its order here, but it is the very first book. And we're going to look at the very first chapter. You know, this seems to be a favorite subject of most preachers, Job, because it covers so many facets of life and society and, and situations and all those things. So I just want to talk to you about today, God has faith in your faith. We, a lot of times we, you know, we look at our faith in God, we examine our faith in God, but very, very uh, few times do we look at God's faith in us. But you understand something, faith is a two-way street. Faith is a two-way street. And in our lives, God has faith in us as well as we having faith in God. So before I get started on, on this, on this uh, subject, uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about faith. Now, faith is not a belief system. Nor is faith a system of beliefs. Let me say that again. Faith is not a belief system, nor is it a system of beliefs. Faith is a lifestyle. It's a daily thing. It, it, we walk in faith, the Scripture says. That means that daily we have faith and we walk in faith. We operate in faith. Faith grows in us. It means that faith is daily a thing to us. It's not a systematical belief that we exercise on Sunday. Uh, many are asking, where is God in all of this? Have, have you asked that question? Listen, it's okay to ask God questions. God's not fearful of your questions. Where is God? Why do people ask that question, though? Where is God in all of this? Let me tell you why. It's because their faith is a belief system. It's a system of beliefs. It's not a lifestyle. If you ask that question, you need to examine your faith. Because if you want to know where God is, if you're asking that question today, where God is, that means you have substantiated your faith in a system or a system of beliefs, not in a lifestyle. They're trying to reach into the faith bucket. You know, a lot of people, here, here's the interesting thing about faith before I get into Job. People seem to carry a faith bucket around with them. 
And only when tragedy comes, only when struggle, only when calamity comes, do they reach into the bucket of faith and try to pull out some faith to, to, to take issue with what they're dealing with and to get an answer from God. But that's not the way it works. That's not how, that's a belief system. If you have a faith bucket, you're living in a belief system or a system of beliefs. You can't, it just doesn't work that way. When Jesus spoke to Peter about his denial, before Peter ever denied, denied Jesus, Jesus said, listen, I, I'm going to pray for you. Now, he didn't pray that Peter wouldn't deny. He knew that Peter would deny. His prayer was that Peter's faith wouldn't fail. In other words, listen, denial is going to be a part of your life today, but it's not going to be a part of your life tomorrow. What I'm praying for is that faith is a part of your life today, and faith is a part of your life tomorrow, that faith continues. You see, a lot of times we go through life and we, our faith bounces up and down because, again, we're living in the system when we just need to walk in it. We just need to walk in it. There is no perfect person of faith in Scripture. No perfect person of faith in Scripture. The only one that was faithful was Jesus Christ. He was the perfect one, and he was faithful. God's interest in your life is not about your denials and your failures. God deals with us in those, and God works with us in those. But God's interest is not in your denials and your failures. It's in your faith. That's why he spoke those words to Peter. He wasn't interested in what Peter was going to do as much as how Peter was going to react. You see, part of what faith is on a daily basis is how we react in our situations. How many of you would have believed 10 months ago we would be living like we're living today? If I would have told you that over the pulpit, you would have said, man, false prophet, false prophet. But, but what? none of us would have thought that we would be living what we're doing today, and yet it happens. So here's the thing. The faith that you build on a daily basis, that is the faith that God is looking for. Job's calamity had nothing to do with failure. You recognize that, right? If you know the story of Job, it had nothing to do with failure or denial. It had to do with faith. God had faith in Job's faith. See, human beings have a general, uh, a, a general problem here. It's, it's, if there is a God, then why does God allow you fill in the blank to happen? That is, that is a human problem that we have. Humans prefer to curse God in a calamity than praise Him in His presence. Have you noticed that about us as human beings? We, we almost prefer, we almost look to curse God in the calamity we're in rather than praise Him for the presence in the calamity. It's a human attribute. Now, I'm not speaking to the church in general. I'm speaking to humanity in general. The Bible says that in all that Job went through, he never sinned with his lips, nor did he ever accuse God foolishly. You see, that, that's what goes on in society today. When a, when a situation happens like this virus, many people will sin with their lips. They will speak the things to God that they ought not speak and say the things about God they ought not say. I've, I've read different things this week, and it's very uh, unreal how people will, will, will accuse God. They will, they will take God out of character and then foolishly say that this is God's fault. Or if there, ever, if there really is a God, why is He allowing Never considering that things happen in our life, and I'm not saying this coronavirus is, but what I'm saying, things happen in our life, not because God, but because we. In spite of God, we. We put God to the side because we, and that's what happens in our lives. You see, the reason that Job goes through these things is because 
Job walked with God in faith. You see, a lot of people that walk in faith believe that after you come into faith, there is no more struggle. There is no more trial. There, there is no more calamity. But listen, if you read the Bible at all, you understand that those things do happen because they are the trying of our faith. They bring us to a place in faith. And I want to talk to you today about faith because we don't operate in a faith bucket. We, walk, we operate in a daily faith, and there's, there's a reason for this. You see, Job had already settled with God before we read this story. Before We're not going to read the entire thing, obviously, but before we go into Job, understand this about Job. He had already settled with God before this calamity ever came that his life was not his own. It was God's. His possessions, his family, all of the own, none of that was his. He had already settled this with God, that this is yours, God. This, this is not. How do we know that? Because when we read, here's what Job said. As, as Job was talking to his friends, and they had a discourse with him, and they began to talk to him about why you have this problem. That's what our friends do. They tell us why we have this problem. He, he made this statement. He said, naked came I into the world. What was he saying? I came into the world possessing nothing. He said, naked, I'm going to leave this world. In other words, when I leave and I die and I depart from this world, I'm leaving with nothing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you know why he said, blessed be the name of the Lord? He's saying that because he said, because it's all God's. That's why he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Because it's all God's. I, I didn't have to worry about owning anything coming in. I don't have to worry about owning anything going out. It's all God's. So understand today that God has faith in your faith. God believes you in your faith. The sooner you come to this agreement with God about your life, that it's your life is His, the sooner you come to an agreement with God about your things are His, your family's His, your job's His, all that you possess, the sooner you get with God and say, God, I'm in agreement with you that all of this is yours, the better your life's going to be. It doesn't mean you're going to be without trial, struggle, and calamity, but the better your life is going to be. Now, it's obvious that before this calamity came, Job's way, he was already walking in faith. It's obvious he was already walking in faith. Job didn't have a faith bucket that when calamity showed up, he pulled faith out of the bucket and said, Oh, God, I need you now. Now, I've been doing pretty good, but man, the calamity. That's, Job had already. Let's look. Uh, Job chapter 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Ur whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. He was already walking in faith. He already had a relationship with God. Look, chances are Job had already gone through a few things. Job had possessions and land and family and all those things. Listen, if you've got, number one, if you've got family, you're going to go through some stuff. It's going to happen. If you've got possessions, you're going to go through some stuff. If any, it's just it's part of life. So understand that before we read this, Job had already set to the point, I've got faith in God. So that when this came, this calamity came, that's why God was so believing in Job. It's because he had already walked with Job, and Job had walked with him in Job's faith in him and his faith in Job. Notice if you read verses 6 through 12, and I'm just going to read this part of it. Now, there was a day. When the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now, generally, the sons of God in the Old Testament, when you read that, refer to the angelic host, the angelic creation. And so there was a time when the angelic creation... Now, Satan is part of the angelic creation. He's just the fallen part now. So the angelic creation came to present themselves before God, and so Satan shows up. 
And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. In other words, oh, I've just been going around in the earth causing creating havoc. I've just been stirring up your people. I've been, I've been messing with your people. That's what I've been doing. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Oh. You understand that the devil never brought Job up to God. God brought Job up to Satan. You see, God had faith in Job's faith. That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and sheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath and on every side that hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land? Understand this. Satan cannot affect your life, cannot come in and mess with you in our modern-day vernacular unless he gets God's permission. He had, otherwise, you, you can bet on it. The one that was the most, there was nobody like him in the world. You, that's the one Satan would go after, right? Listen, if I can take him down, well, that takes a big man out of God's picture, doesn't it? You know he knew about Job. But he didn't have permission from God to do those things to Job. Only when God said, hey, devil, have you thought about my servant, Job? You see, God had faith in Job's faith. Satan says to God, you know what? Anybody can live for you under his circumstances. You have blessed him. You have given him all. You take care of him. You've built a wall, a hedge. You, nothing can touch him. Anybody could live for you like that. But if you'll take those things down, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. He, he'll turn on you. He'll turn the tide. Listen, understand, without, without God's permission, because you, he hasn't done this yet, he knew he couldn't touch Job because God hadn't said okay. God hadn't said okay. Understand that as a child of God, Satan cannot touch your life without God's permission. Oftentimes we look at things in our lives, we look at situations that come upon our lives, and we think, my Lord, the devil has moved in. You know, the devil has only moved in because God believes and has faith in your faith. If you're going through something today, it's because God has faith in your faith. He believes that you're going to come through it stronger, and your faith is going to be built bigger. That's why God has faith in your faith. You see, the devil has no way of getting to you because if you've given your life to God, he owns you. And the devil can't do anything with what God owns. It's God's. Only with permission can he even come into that life and do anything. So the Lord told Satan, you can affect things in his life, but... He belongs to me, so you can't take his life. His life is mine. He's given his life to me. He's given, but you can't, you can't take his life. I'm going to let you, let you affect the things that I've given him, that I've blessed him with. I'm going to pull that wall down. Just don't take his life. Then if we look at verse 13, and there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking their wine in their eldest brother's house, and there came a messenger into Job and said, The oxen were plowing. And the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Man, that's a bad deal. That's a bad, but wait a minute. While he was yet speaking, there come another. So while he just got the bad news, 
that the servants were slain and all the oxen were taken, the fire of God fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Man, I just thought it was bad. But now the sheep are all burned up. And listen, I'm the... While he yet spake, speaking, there came also another. Some, have you ever felt like it just piles on? Like, God, I'm trying to get through this, and here's another one. And I'm trying to get through that, and there's another one. God, just when I felt it, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and have slain the servants at the edge of the sword, and I only have escaped alone to tell thee. God... What's going on here? Have you ever spoke that to God? Have you ever asked that question to God? While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped to tell thee. You ever felt like it just keeps piling on? Man, sometimes in our life we look and we think, why in the world are these things happening? Well, listen, it, it, it gets better. It gets better. Chapter 2, let's look at verses 3. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. The last time God asked this question, a lot of things befell Job. A lot of things happened in Job's life. And so here we go again. The devil comes back and said, well, that didn't work. Understand why God is asking the devil this question. When all of that happened to Job, Job didn't turn on God. Because God, understood, God had faith in Job's faith. And so the devil shows up again and God said, well... Have you considered my servant Job? There's nobody like him. He's upright. He's faithful. He's righteous. He, he has integrity. And Satan said, listen, skin for skin, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Do you all know what that means? When it's all said and done, a man's going to save his own skin. When, when, when the rock meets the hard place, when, when it comes to the crunch time, a man's going to save his own skin. He said, listen, if you'll just let me touch his bone and his flesh, and he'll, he'll curse you to your face. You've, touched, you've let me touch everything around him, God, but you didn't let me touch him. You let me touch him. He, God said, okay, all right, you, you can touch him, but you can't have his life because his life belongs to me. And so what happened? Now he has these boils that come upon him. Have you ever had a boil? When I was a kid kid I was I was probably a late teenager early 20s that's a kid to me now I live with a guy and uh, his dad was a was a rancher and so this guy Ronnie he, he, he developed a boil on his back and it was really bad it was really it was rough and so I, I took him over to his mom and dad's house and so his dad said Ronnie just lay down on the floor take your shirt off and I thought well this is interesting I, I gotta see this and so he takes a horsehair broom and he pulls one of the stems out of the broom and he puts pressure on that, like, and, and Ronnie's like, you could shake it. He's like, Ugh! but he didn't want to yell out because he, I guess if he felt like if he yelled out, his dad would whip him. I, you know, you, we were tough then. And so as he puts pressure on that, he takes that horsehair bristle and he sticks that boil. And that thing shot out of there and it hit the ceiling. 
That's gross, isn't it? So Job's friends walk up, and there he is sitting on this pile of ashes, and he's got this deal, and he's scraping these boils off because they're all over his body. The Bible says they were from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Now, I've had a boil as a kid, and it was rough. I can't imagine what it would be like. Where's your faith now, Job? That's the devil's question. Where's your faith now? You know, here, here's a funny thing. I, it, it's amazing to me when things like this happen. We, we know the story. His wife says, listen, Job, don't you have any integrity? Your friends are looking at you, and I see you, and you're full of boils, and you've lost everything, and you've all this. Servants are dead. Don't you have any integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? You know, don't you, where is God in this? You, you really think God's on your side? Come on, God's nowhere to be found. Look where you're at. Just curse Him and get it over with. You know, sometimes even in the household of faith, there are those who are not walking in faith. There are people that will give you great advice in church. In the household of faith, this lady was of the household of Job, that will give you bad advice because they're not walking. They're living in the dynamic of a faith system. She was living in his faith, not her own. If you don't have your own faith, no matter how much your husband have, your wife, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, you got to walk in your own faith. And, of course, he spoke to her and said, you know, you're speaking as a foolish woman. Understand, in the household of faith, there are going to be those that don't walk in faith. So, again, Job's three friends show up. They, they come, you know, they made an appointment with Job. If you read the Scripture, they made an appointment to come see Job so they could mourn with him. I don't know if they called him or texted him. I don't know. Maybe they sent a word by dove, or I'm not sure how they did it. But they did make an appointment. On the way there, they see this man scraping boils and sitting on this heap. They didn't recognize who he was. It was so bad. He was unrecognizable. So from afar off, they saw it. And they, so they sit down, and they begin to weep and mourn and cry because of what Job had gone through. After they came and sat with Job, they sat there for seven days and nights and never said a word to Job. Sometimes in the household of faith, there are those that will come, and when they see your problem, they will from a distance mourn with you because they don't recognize what's going on. You know why? Because they live in a systematic faith, a faith that's a system they don't, they don't walk in it. And so they may go, you ever had that friend that was a friend? But when something went down on your life that wasn't quite kosher, all of a sudden they took a distance from you, and it was a time before they ever spoke to you again? You ever had that friend before? I have. I've had a friend in church that when something happened in my life, they were like, put the long arm out there. I've got to keep my distance from you. I don't recognize you now. You understand that things come into our lives a lot of times not because we've done anything wrong, not because we are in sin, not because God's mad at us, not because God's angry with our situation. It's simply because God has faith in our faith. God has faith in our faith. Did Job have questions? Absolutely. If you've read the story of Job, Job had some very obvious questions, the same questions you and I have. Again, God is not upset when you question him. You notice the scripture tells us that in all that Job went through, in all of the things that he 
had to pass through. He, he didn't sin with his lips and he, he didn't accuse God foolishly. That doesn't mean he didn't ask questions. It doesn't mean that he didn't say, God, what is going on here? As a matter of fact, Job even lamented the night he was conceived. He said, you know what? I wish somebody would have gone back that night and broke that business up. That I would never have been conceived. Because look at me now. Job even wishes for death to come. Man, you know, I can't go back and change that. But man, if death would just come my way, you know, I would be rid of this calamity. He was, you know, a lot of times in our calamity, have you noticed this? We're all humans. When calamity or struggles or trials come our way and they're this vicious in our life, we lose sight of God sometimes. We're so overcome with the calamity that we miss the opportunity to grow in faith. It's only after the calamity passes and God gets us through us that we will look back and go, oh, and we grow that way. But God intends for you and I to grow in faith in our calamity. That's why it comes our way. It's not that you did anything wrong. It's not that God's mad at you. God's trying to create and, 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 and introduce into you a relationship that you don't yet have. We are constantly establishing new relationship with God. If you're not, you're in a system of faith. You're not walking in faith. Because every day God increases that relationship, that faith. That should never stop till the day we die. That comes in the good times. God will establish a relationship with you and show you His power and show you His healing and show you His blessing in the good times. But in those times of calamity, He will show you His power and His blessing and His healing in the, because He intends to create this relationship with you that He had with Job. He, he has the faith in you that you have in Him. He has the faith in you that you have in Him. It's important for us that our faith is not a belief system. What are you talking about, Pastor Don? A system of beliefs. Uh, systems are created to be adjusted, to be changed, to be used at given times. There, there, are, there are computer systems that are made to... You don't use a computer system when, when you're out driving a fence post to put fence up. You don't use a computer. If you do, you're, you're crazy. You, you just have a, you have a metal post and you have a driver. It's very simple. You don't need a computer. The system is not designed for that. And that's the problem with belief systems, with those type of faith systems. If they're not a lifestyle, they're a system where you're going to use them out of place. Or you're going to wait till calamity comes and then try to pull the driver out. It just doesn't work. Because Job had established with God that his life and all that he had was not his own, but God's, he was able to live in God in a lifestyle of faith. In a lifestyle of faith. God had faith in Job's faith. Turn with me, if you would, to the very last chapter. Job chapter 42. You know, in this time of this coronavirus and all of this, there are a lot of questions that are being asked. I've been reading at different places, and there are people that say, here's the very strange thing. There are those that say, where is God? See, God doesn't exist. But you know what? That has dwindled. As I've been reading, I've noticed the naysayers has been dwindled. I've noticed that all of those that 
that speak God's word falsely, that take God's word and use it for their self-gain, they've all become silent. The leader of the largest religion in the world has become silent. Stove up in a place where nobody else is. Kept to himself. Not going to call names. You figure that out yourself. Has become silent. Why is that? Because faith is not a lifestyle. It's a system. And the problem with a systematic or a system faith is that it doesn't work in every given situation. But it does if it's a lifestyle. Job chapter 42. I'm going to read some very exciting things. Verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. It's over. <clears throat> I can't wait to see the news and the parties. and Because it's going to happen. I can't wait to see the, uh, the ball drop. I can't wait to see the fireworks go off when they get on TV and say, this coronavirus is over. Don't think that people aren't going to go down and have another Mardi Gras. Now, I'm not for Mardi Gras. I don't entice you to go there for that reason. But understand, there are people that are going to do that. They're going to party down. They're going to party till the night is young and the day is old. It's going to happen. People are going to celebrate all of those things. Understand, there came a point in Job's life when God said, it's over. I had faith in you, and you stood in that faith because we had faith together before this ever happened. You know what's going to happen through this virus situation? There are going to be those who live in system faith. This is sad to say, but it's the, it's the truth. There are going to be those friends and those wives and those that, live, that, that are going to say, you know, that's not for me. I can't live for God that way. As long as it's good, I can live for God. But if all this comes upon me, I'm going to ask you a real pointing question. Do you feel like God was messing with Job's life? Do you feel like God was messing with Job's life? See, there are a lot of people that say, you know, that story of Job is wrong because look what God allowed to happen in that man's life. How fair is that? How right is that? You understand, God wasn't messing with Job. God was faithing with Job. God was faithing with Job. God was working in faith that was already there, establishing a new faith, a greater relationship, a stronger bond. And now he says in chapter 42, verse 12, So the Lord said, It's over. And the latter end of Job was more than the beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep. You see, when you read it here, you find that what God did was he doubled what Job had. He doubled. Do you understand if he doubled 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-asses, he had also seven sons and three daughters. If he doubled all of that, what else did God double in Job's life? His faith. You see, calamity comes in our lives sometimes because God intends to double our faith. He intends to increase, increase our relationship. It's just, I don't know that I can live for God that way. You're living in system faith. We have to believe that if we've given God our lives, because many times a pastor will ask a person that comes down, are you ready to give your life to the Lord? And you know what that means to most people? 
I got to quit drinking. I got to quit doing drugs. I got to quit illicit sex. I got to quit doing this. I gotta, that's what in their mind they think. That's not what pastor's asking. Pastor's asking this question. Are you ready to give everything that you are and everything that you own and yourself totally to God? Because when you are, get ready. Things may come your way. Have you had calamity in your life? Man, we're living through it right now. That's why peace be still is so important. There's a fear running through the world. You know, America has, we've gotten so strong, haven't we? The powerhouse of the world. Not only military, but in our finances, and in our might, and in our strength, and in our belief in ourselves. Have you talked to normal Americans lately? The belief in ourselves is... uh, 6.6 million people have now applied for unemployment. You want to take a man down, take away his job. You want to take a man down, you want to make him feel useless, take away his ability to provide for his family. Man, you've got to rely on God. You've got to look to God. The sad thing is we're, we're looking for Uncle Sam. Everything I read today is, why hasn't Uncle Sam done this? Why hasn't, y'all know who Uncle Sam is? The government? Okay. That's an old thing. Some of you are much younger. Uncle Sam is the government. Why does Uncle Sam do this? And why, Uncle Sam needs to give us this check. And Uncle Sam needs to take care of our bills. And Uncle Sam, that's exactly what Uncle Sam wants you to do. He doesn't want you to turn over to the Lord. He doesn't want you to seek the Lord. He wants you, Uncle Sam wants you to seek him because he's got you. You understand the motives of the devil, right? He doesn't want you to seek God. He'll want you to seek everything else but God. But what God wants us to do today in this calamity that we're living in as a country and as a world, is is this God's punishment on the world for the sin that we've done, for the nature and the sin that the world is in now? Is this God's disappointment with how we've conducted ourselves? Is this God's calling to the church to wake up. Maybe it's all the above. Maybe it's none of the above. I can't answer that question. The question I can't answer you today is this. It is God's call to faith. It is, do we trust in God or do we trust in everything else? Who's waiting on a stimulus check today? Well, we're all going to raise our hand because we're supposed to get a stimulus check. I don't know about you. $1,200 isn't going to go very far in my household. That's not going to save my household. Why? Everybody got all excited. It's gone in a week. You got three more weeks in a month. Do you understand that in the stimulus program that not only are you supposed to get a check, but there are others that are getting checks? Yeah, there's pork in this thing. There are certain people that have certain situations that are going to get a fat check. Well, now listen, I agree that there are those that have the money, that, that the jobs are created, that, that it goes. I agree with that. That, you know what, <clears throat> you take away the money from the corporation, there's no job. There's no job. So that makes sense to me. But I'm not going to rely on that corporation. I'm going to rely on God. That corporation can sink tomorrow. If you don't believe it, watch what happens in the next 30 days. This pastor's telling you, you think it's bad right now? 
Watch what happens in the next 30 days. If you are looking at economics, if you are looking at the, the trials and troubles of people physically, if you're looking at the, at the attitude of the world and America, you're going to see something you've never seen in your lifetime. And if you don't have that walk with faith in God, if God doesn't have the faith in you like he had in Job, and you live in systematic faith, today is a golden opportunity because what's going to happen in the next 30 days is going to be very rough and very tough. You know, people in the third world countries, it's not rough and tough. They're just worried about the disease. But in America, we're not just worried about the disease. What about my house and my car and my stuff and my boat and my land? And we're worried about all that stuff because we're so connected to the world. It's not wrong to have stuff as long as God owns it. If God owns my house, fantastic. You understand God gives you everything. So that not only can he bless you, but everything he gives you is intended to bless others. That's the point of giving in God. It's the intent is to bless others. He will bless you and keep you. You know why I, I, I deal with people and, I, and I, I talk with people about their finances in my office back here. And they say, Pastor, I have no idea why I'm having these troubles. And it's very simple. Are you giving? Not, not to, to the church. Are you, did, did God bless you with something? Did you, give, did you see somebody that needed an electricity bill paid for and you helped them out, but you didn't go spread it on the net? You didn't call Channel 5. You didn't let everybody know that you took care of these people. Did you just take care of it? That's giving. That's giving. And we don't have. God will meet every need we have. He supplies every need that we have. But the intention of that supplying is not only to meet our need, but to meet the needs of others. Watch what happens in our country in the next 30 days. God has faith in you. God wants to increase you. The calamity that we're experiencing, is it any of the above? No. Yes. Can't answer that. But I can tell you this. If you'll walk in daily faith, if faith will be your lifestyle, then peace be still will be something very prevalent and prominent in your life. You'll have peace. You won't have worry. God's blessed us at our home. God's taken care of us. I watched yesterday, and my daughter's probably going to get mad at me. Megan had a paper that she was writing uh, for, for school, She's, and very important paper. And so last night on a computer, I saw her crying, and she walked into the bedroom and talking to Janet. She came out, she was crying. And, What's wrong? Well, my computer crashed. It won't come on. And I, I haven't finished the paper. It's due. And, I gotta, and you know, I've spent all this research time. I did all this stuff. You ever been there? You did all this stuff, and all of a sudden, nothing you can do about it. And so, you know, there's, you, can, you can give it up. You can say, well, I'm giving up. Or you can turn to the wisdom and understanding and knowledge of God. And God gave her an understanding. You know what? I can Google somebody that can tell me how to fix this computer. So she Googles. She finds this guy that's an Indian guy, and he tells her, on the little deal how to open the back and do all this stuff and lo and behold you see we think God is supposed to go and touch that computer and zap and it comes on that, that, is, that is systematic faith lifestyle faith is listen God has because faith is not my belief see the belief system is the problem because it doesn't include me it means God does everything but faith includes me 
God says, I do my part, you do your part. God gave her the understanding, the wisdom, to just go online and find out how to fix it. Well, this is America. Somebody else is supposed to do that for us. So forgive me, Megan. But you know what? It, it, gave, it gave her a valuable lesson. It gave us a lesson as a mom and dad. You know what? God takes care of us. He meets the needs of His people if we just have and walk in daily faith. God has faith in your faith today. I want you to understand that as the worship team comes. God has faith in your faith today. If you're a child of God, most of us in here have been living for God a long time. And we've seen things and, uh, and absorbed things and gone through calamities and we've gone through struggles and all those things. But we made up our mind that I'm going to live with Him daily. I'm going to walk with Him daily. I'm telling you today, church, if you will listen to this preacher, you can look around at the calamity and you, you can voice your opinion to God. Just don't charge him foolishly. Just don't, don't speak the things that aren't proper to him. It's okay if you want to understand. But what God is saying to the church today is, listen, I have faith in your faith in me. I have faith in your faith in me. God bless you today. I trust that you will take this opportunity to reestablish a lifestyle of faith a lifestyle of faith in your life, that you'll get away from the systematic faith, the bucket faith, those areas that, that before another calamity comes our way, that you will have established that daily walk with Him so that when it comes, you understand, God, I have some questions, but I'm never giving up on you. I just want to remind you again of the announcements. Watch for encouragements of word from myself and from Bishop during the week. Normally, I try to post mine on Tuesday. Also, meat of the word. Meat of the word. Listen, Bishop is continuing his study in Daniel, and it's a very powerful study. You, you need to follow along. You know how Bishop is. You better follow along. You're going to get lost. Some very powerful teaching. As well, on, on Friday, family opportunities. Things that you can do. The last one was walking through, just walking outside and A, ant, B, a bee, C, well, there goes a cat. Simple thing, but fun for the family. It's what we can do now because of the situation we're in. Remember, Tuesday nights and Thursday nights from 745, from 745 to 8 o'clock, corporate prayer, and this corporate prayer is designed. Thank you, Jesse Robinson, for listening to God. It's designed for us as a church where two or three are gathered together in His name. He's in the midst. It's designed for us to gather together corporately in our homes. Pray for our leaders. God calls us as the church to pray for our leaders. Whether we agree with them or not, we're to pray with them. So pray for your leaders and all those things. God bless you this morning. Let's end with a worship like we've never worshipped before. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. 
We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.